0: I'm Hello. Carrie Goldspring with the Divorce Lending Association and I'm a Certified Divorce Lending Professional or CDLP for short. This is part of our Divorce Literacy Series and today I'm here with Lisa Taylor. Lisa, will you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do?
1: Sure. Hi everyone. Hi, I'm Lisa Taylor as she said. Um, I am an attorney. I've been an attorney for well over 25 years. I'm not going to tell you exactly how many years. Um, But starting about 15 years ago, I stopped going to court and started mediating all of my family law cases. Um, And I do specialize in family law, um, as well as facilitating like divorce and those kinds of things, as well as facilitating family disputes. Um, But anyway, I started doing that for many, many reasons. One of the main reasons is that most divorces settle. Most people don't realize that something like 97 or 98% of filed cases settle. So the chance that you're going to like get in front of a judge and you have your case decided by a judge is really small. And so I realized, but but most cases settle. But what how do they settle? They settle normally in the normal litigation route, and then you end up settling. And I thought, why not just start out in settlement discussions? That's what a pre-filing mediated divorce is. So that's what I do. I try to get the couple to come to me before anybody's even filed anything, or at least really early in the case, so that we can basically mediate the whole case instead of litigating the whole case. Um, and so you end up focusing on settlement right from day one. Um, so it's just a much more effective process than the other process and much more satisfying for families.
0: That that sounds great. So no one has to be like, I'm gonna stick it to you and I'm gonna hire this really mean attorney and take everything away from you. Because that doesn't really happen anyway,
1: does the it? The purpose, yeah, that's what people think. But guess what? Your attorney's job is to zealously advocate for you and win for you. You bet. But guess what the other person's attorney's job is? So it's just set up as a war and and no one's going to nobody ends up winning really you might win on one aspect of it but the other person's going to win on the other aspect of it and what you've been through is is a war really and that's why i stopped doing it frankly because even as an attorney i was just tired of being in the middle of that war and i felt like i was hurting families instead of helping them even if i won for my client if we got a you know a, a better settlement than i otherwise might have gotten what I put that family through, it felt like to me was not the best thing for families. And so I know that I'm much happier and I I think my clients are much happier now since I've been handling divorces this way.
0: That's so nice. And do you think that after divorce, the way that you do it is better for the family because they're still usually co-parenting or
1: working on things. Yes, 100%. I mean, I have, as I said, been doing this for 15 years, I almost never hear anything from my clients again afterwards. And that doesn't mean that now they're in litigation, that means things are going great. Because if they weren't, they would come back to me and say, we need to mediate this issue, or what should we do? Um, And I don't hear very often. And that's because you are now, you know, from the beginning of your divorce process, you're figuring out even though you're not going to be married anymore, you're figuring out how to solve these problems together. Um, and that's my approach. I'm very facilitative. I like to try to keep the people together. And I my job, so let me tell you my job. My job is to help people talk to each other, listen to each other, stay calm and rational and make the decisions they need to make to move forward. So I don't tell you what to do. I'm not acting as a judge or an arbitrator. I'm acting as a person who's just helping you to figure out what you need to do. So I ask a lot of questions. I play devil's advocate. I do the best I can to really make sure that that they're thinking things through in a way that's truly going to work for them and their family. Um, And so because you're doing that while you're in the midst of this horrible divorce situation, once you're done with the divorce, now you've sort of got a routine about how to handle these things. Um, And also during the divorce mediation process, I have a a settlement template that I've designed for myself. So I make sure I bring up a lot of issues that people are going to face, like co-parenting issues. You know, if you're going to sign them up for extracurriculars, if you have children, how are you going to do that? Are you going to have to notify each other? Do you have to have consent before you do that? Clothes? are you going to make sure you have wardrobe at each house? What about cleaning their clothes? Those kinds of things. So what that can do is sort of set up guidelines for them, which they agree to on their own, right, during this process. So then, then after the divorce, if they start arguing about something, they can say, "Oh, hold on, what did we agree?" And now they have this written agreement that they can refer to to say, "That's what we agreed to. Let's not let's not fight about that." And I do try to be really um, detailed to make sure that we really are covering a lot of that stuff, so that in the future they won't be fighting about it.
0: That's so fabulous. And what would what would you say cost wise doing? divorce with you versus a traditional
1: row? I can pretty much guarantee that um, a a pre-filing or early stage mediation process is going to be less expensive than the traditional litigation process. And I can explain why. First of all, I do want to make sure that everyone knows you can have attorneys during the mediation process. I don't want anyone to feel like You know, they're not allowed to have attorneys if they choose mediation. Um, You can have whatever you need to make you feel like you know what you're doing, because I'm not acting as an attorney. I'm acting as a neutral person. So you might want somebody to give you some legal advice. um, Right. And, and, And get that. And I have attorneys that I trust that I can recommend who will not turn it into a war, but share my values about families. And you know who are going to help be a partner to each person, um, but but in a, the idea of to settle the case, not to litigate it. So I have some people who you don't use attorneys at all. I have some people who use attorneys just on the side to ask some questions, to get some advice between sessions, um, or to look the agreement over before they sign it, because you know it is a binding contract. You might want to have a lawyer look it over before you sign. Um, but I and I also have some some people who have attorneys actually in the room with us. Um, helping them, you know, discuss things. Um, sometimes for the whole the whole um, mediation process, and sometimes just for a few sessions for whatever they need. But I can feel pretty confident in saying that even if you have attorneys in the room with those for every single session, it's less expensive. And there's so many reasons for that. But one is, um, like I said, we're talking settlement right from day one, so it's a much more effective and efficient procedure. And we're all talking together. In a normal litigation process. Um, um I, I don't know if I should reference my website, but on my website, I've created a table. You can find a tab that shows the difference between litigation and a pre-filing or early mediated case. And so one of the things is, so in a litigated case, your attorneys are doing their job and for two to four months, they're asking for requests for production of documents and asking questions. Sometimes you can get 20 or 30 pages filed on you from each side asking for those things. And then the attorney, so then you have to gather that information. Then you give it to your attorney. The attorney has to look it over. His attorney or her attorney has to look it over. Um, they have to decide how to, you know, what information to give, how to answer it, and so forth. You're paying your attorney for all that time. Then there's an exchange of information. Again, everybody has to look that over and figure out what to do with it. You're paying your attorney for all that time. Also, during this time, there can be motions being filed for temporary parenting plans, temporary child support, temporary spousal support, all sorts of things that are temporary. They're not your final decision. So all this time you're spending that you're paying your attorneys for that has nothing, not nothing, but very little to do with your final settlement. Um, Whereas in mediation, we're talking about that right from day one. What information do you need so you can make a knowing decision? It might be one month of, of bank statements instead of three years. It might be a whole year. It might be whatever each person needs to feel like they know what they're talking about. But it's tailored to their case and to what they really need. And we're talking to each other directly. So I always say it's like a game of operator in a litigated case, right? Because like you go and you talk to your attorney. The other side goes talk to their attorney. Then the attorneys talk to each other. Then they come back and they talk to you. then you right, And you keep doing that. It's a game of operator in mediation, we're all talking together right there. So it's so much more effective and efficient. Like I said before, you're paying your attorneys for far less hours, and you get to control how much or how you know little you use your attorney. So you're in charge, really, of how much you're going to spend in some senses, um, because you're going to tell them what you need and what you don't need when it's a, a mediated case.
0: That sounds so nice. So the family, they have to be like all kumbaya happy to talk to you or what if one's like intimidated or doesn't feel like they know a lot of information compared to the other person? What happens in those cases?
1: So actually, that's two different things. So one thing is, no, you definitely don't have to like I have some people who haven't even talked to each other for six months, right? I have some people who had affairs and, you know, there's a lot of anger and stuff. You know, if if they're all just kumbaya and everybody's getting along, great. I like those cases. Those are nice and easy for me, but there's not much for me to do other than ask questions. They have their answers. You know, I write it up. Great. Um, so I don't mind those, but that's not necessary. Really, all I need is two people who realize, number one, their case is probably going to settle anyway, why don't we see if we can try to work through settlement ahead of time instead of going through the traditional process. Two people who are willing to try their best to be reasonable and two equal bargaining partners. And that goes to the second thing that you brought up, excuse me. So I do um, a telephone screening with each person before we start mediation or really before I, I Truly accept the case,
0: and Different. that's where
1: I'm going to ask more personal questions about their relationship and how they communicate and so forth. And first of all, it is to make sure that mediation is appropriate for their case. But most of the time, it's to help me design the mediation in a way that's going to make it effective for both people. So if one person is intimidated, doesn't feel like they can be an um, equal bargaining partner. Now, if there's domestic violence, if it's if it's to a point, even if that's just emotional violence, you know power and control versus physical. Mediation may not be appropriate. Um, and and the only way to do that is to talk with the person who's um sort of the survivor of that kind of abuse and see if we can if we can make it so it's safe for them. They for sure would have to have attorneys in that case, I wouldn't take that case unless they both had attorneys. And I wouldn't take it unless I was sure we could make it in a way that would be safe for them. So that's, that's sort of a different category. But if it's lesser than that, like just unequal bargaining positions, because one person just a little more shy or quiet or not sure themselves, or doesn't know that much about finances, then we can structure it. So maybe that I might require they have attorneys, or I might require they have a financial advisor. Um, you know, or a divorce coach. Sometimes I, I actually co-mediate with a divorce coach when I have a case where my emotions are really high. And that's a person who's trained, like I'm an I'm good at this stuff. Like I think I have some innate social work ability in me. That's why I can do this. But I'm not a social worker, right? I'm an attorney. And so sometimes I will bring this person in who's more of a trained therapist, but not trying to therapize the people, but just, you know, be a coach. Um, and th- that can help smooth over when there's um, imbalances due to emotional problems. So really, it can be whatever it needs to be to make it feel comfortable for everyone. Um, and what I insist upon is having two equal bargaining partners, and whatever we need to do to get that to be true.
0: That's great. So I have one one last question for you. Sure. Normally, you hear about someone saying, I don't want to say anything to my spouse, and I have to go hire an attorney and file. So if someone wanted to mediate, is the process different, or how does that one get started?
1: So it's really, uh, the whole point of mediation is to put the power and control in the hands of the parties. So we'll talk about it. So so there's no unilateral decision making, right? So. If they want to file first or while we're working together, they can, but we have to talk about what that means. Um, Most of my clients, I will say, really don't file until we're done because, first of all, when we're done, they're going to have a signed settlement agreement that's binding. So they can start putting things, once they have a signed agreement, they can start putting things into play. Like child support, spousal support, start their parenting plan. I think with you, Carrie, you know, if they have a signed settlement agreement, you can usually start the refinancing process and things like that, depending on what's in the agreement. You don't necessarily have to have a judgment of divorce to start those kinds of things. Um, so a lot of my clients just want to have that signed settlement agreement before they really start anything. Um, so they, but So they have that. And also a court rule went into effect in 2019 that allows you, if you have a settlement agreement, when you file, you can file a joint petition. So it doesn't have to be one person versus the other person serving somebody papers. It's a joint petition. You do it together. It's like party A and party B, you know, um, file this this joint petition for divorce. Um, It's a streamlined process. They're not supposed to order any, you know, hearings or anything extra. It's supposed to just be you get to your final court hearing. Most judges, I have to say most because judges can do pretty much what they want, but most judges will waive the six-month waiting period. The court will allows them to do that. Um, So by waiting and filing a joint petition, everything is just so much nicer from beginning to end. Um, and, And it goes faster and it's easier. But even if you don't do the joint petition, because the joint, <clears throat> excuse me, the joint petition's only been available since 2018. So before that, all my clients would have to just file the traditional way. Um, but still, they told me, and and I know now for sure, um, with the new process, they're in front of a judge for five minutes, even if you have to do it the traditional way. Because now a judge is, you're not going there for a judge to decide anything. You're right. going there for the judge to rubber stamp your agreement. So um, it's, you know, it's five minutes in front of a judge and you're done either way. Um, So it really is is nicer to wait. But sometimes people just want to get into the court system. They want to have they want to get those deadlines going. Sometimes they feel like that's going to help them. Um, So so but we talk about it and it'll really be in their hands as to whether they file or don't file and when they file.
0: Sounds sounds like a a great, a great way to do things. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending time with me and explaining this. If I have anyone watching who wants to get a hold of you or talk to you more, what's the best way to do that?
1: Um, You can call me, of course. Um, I think my number is with my name. It's up at 248-909-0631. Also, there's a lot of information on my website which is Um, You do have to put the A in front of there. Or I think you get an attorney in California um, and peaceful is one L. So apeacefuldivorce.com That's great. Any final words for us before we go? Um, just that I hope that people will give this a try. At least give me a call if you're interested. Um, you know, if you're thinking about getting a divorce anytime any time in the near future or you have any family issues, Um, just give me a call and I can talk to you and see if you think it might be a good fit. Um, Because I really do this because I believe in it. I just think it's so much better for families to work in this way um, than to go through the traditional litigation process.
0: That's, That's what it sounds like.
1: Thank you again. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for listening to
0: Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at DivorceLendingAssociation.com.